What's up? How's it going? Good. It's Friday. It it's is actually, it's a good Friday. It's a good Friday, yes. Um, even though by the time folks get this, it'll be a week ago. No, no, yeah, yeah, something. Oh, we were so far ahead, and past. then we took too much time <laughs> off. Anyway, hi guys, welcome to History of a Haunting. I am one of your hosts, Carrie, and I'm your other one, Laura, it, who consistently forgets felt who like she really is. Really weird. <laughs> I know. I was like. You go say something. Um, I think I'm enjoying my Friday too much. Too a little much, bit. A little bit. Cheers, clink. Um, hi. Yes. I feel like What's there's up? a lot of dead air yeah. happening right now. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Tell me a story. Uh, let me tell you a story. Uh, picture it, Sicily, 1912. Uh, no, <laughs> kidding. Picture it. France. 17-something. I've been watching Versailles on Netflix because I love Versailles so much. I'm excited. Actually, yeah. I'm watching it because my niece is going to Paris uh, for her graduation. Um, her grandmother is taking her uh, to Paris. And I'm like, you got to go to Versailles, you got to go to Versailles, you got to go to Versailles. Like, I'm sure Paris has other amazing stuff, Mm -hmm. but really, it's all about Versailles. (laughs) Yeah, a little. There's a few things there. Probably. There is like a big tower thingy, I think. Yeah, Yeah, the catacombs. A lot of dead people down there. Um, So many. So many dead people. Uh, Yes. Amazing. Yes. So for those of you who don't know, Laura sort of kind of speaks French. Yes? No? Kind of? Not really. She's an enthusiast. My French is kind of really bad. But um, yeah. Yeah. God. I can get by. Okay. So like like with me in Spanish, like I can get by. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, French, no. You know, my, one of mine and Jennifer's favorite Friends episodes is when Phoebe is trying to teach Joey French. <laughs> and he just <laughs> absolutely butchers everything. So my mom and I were watching a documentary about Versailles Same. the other day. Mm-hmm. And, um, there's, a, a one of the places you can go see because Versailles is not just like a palace it's a whole it's a whole thing and there's several buildings and several whatever and one was le tout de blah 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 or whatever and so I sent Jennifer the picture and I was like tout de la s'more <laughs> I said I'm like listen if I ever go to Versailles you're gonna get a lot of Joey French from me <laughs> it was yeah so um nice yeah, I've been I've been rewatching Versailles and it's on Netflix. It's super campy. It's super um it's it's not it's not like poorly acted, it's not poorly filmed, it's not poorly anything, but it is a dramatization about Louis the Fourteenth and his mm-hmm. building of Versailles and like all the crap that went on then. And um it's a British show, actually. So everybody that acts in it, even though they're all French characters, they all speak with a British accent. So my mom's like, why are they all British? And I'm like, just it, try to look beyond that, if you would. Um, right. 
Yeah, so I've really been enjoying it. Uh, it does touch on actual historical things that did happen in the reign of Louis the Fourteenth. But of course, as Netflix is going to do, it's going to fluff it up. It's going to make it more dramatic. It's going to make it more, you know, whatever. Um, so I've been rewatching that just because uh, Emma, my niece Emma, who's going to go to Paris for her graduation, her best friend Vegas just went with their high school senior class to Paris um, on a trip. But Emma decided not to go because she's obviously going with her grandmother right after graduation. And so Vegas has been posting everywhere she's gone in Paris. And she went to Versailles and I was like, ah! <laughs> freaking out so i really can't wait for their graduation because yeah yeah super happy for them congratulations vegas tell me everything about versailles <laughs> i really think that i was yeah i think i was a a monarch or in a monarch's family like a in a french courtier in a former life i really do think so mm. even though it was kind of gross times my mom and i were watching a documentary about what life at versailles was really like and they were pretty yeah they were a pretty stinky folk the pooping and pissing mm-hmm. and the fucking not bathing and the whole yeah French perfume is a thing because they kind of loaded themselves with it because they never bathed it was really gross but anyway so that is um I don't know how I got on that. Uh, anywho, uh, <laughs> yeah, because you've been. I literally, I've it. been so obsessed like, with it. So yeah, much in your head. It is so much in my head. I, I've now been. You got me watching it, so which I, I think is really great. Yeah, one episode. Yeah, and like I tell you, like I said, it's a slow start, but you're gonna. It does pick up. It, it gets really, it gets really interesting, and um, I think every one of us has dated one of Louis the Fourteenth's mistresses. Like I think at some point, all of us have dated one of these women because they're just so crazy. <laughs> these broads are nuts. I feel like when you say we, you mean me. <laughs> No, I have dated a lot of men that are a lot like his mistresses, just kind of <laughs> woo-hoo. Um, I feel like you're insinuating something. I mean, I, I that's not what I said, but if that's how you take it, then... <laughs> if the shoe fit fits, bitch. I mean, if the uh. shoe fits, yeah. So <laughs> anyway, how are you? What are you doing I'm this weekend? It's Easter it. weekend. I have family coming into town. Yeah. Uh, so it's gonna be just uh family weekend at my dad's house catching up with family so that's cool that's the plan that's cool yeah Yeah. so honestly not much just that cool um i like it hmm. yeah hanging with the relatives that's good that's good i think that like with COVID, and I think you and I were talking about this the other day, that with COVID and we all got so used to just kind of staying in our houses, you know, we can order groceries mm-hmm. and have those delivered. We can have food delivered. We can, there's no real reason anymore to go like leave our home. Um, so a lot of family <laughs> gatherings weren't happening. And I think um, that's starting to become a thing again, which I, I think is really great and fun and important. Um so I'm glad to hear that you guys are going to go and, you know, hang out with your dad. I mean, you guys hang out with your dad quite a bit, but your family coming into town, I think that's yeah, pretty all the time. I think that's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to see some like cousins and aunts and uncles I haven't seen in, I don't even know how long. And then my aunt, uh, one of my aunts promote the podcast because of COVID I haven't seen in years and 
Oh, really? I lived in Austin for a long time, so I didn't really mm. see a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's cool. I'm pretty excited. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, that will be. That will be really cool. Um, yeah. I did go out last weekend and saw a really cool blues concert. So, you know what? But oh, yeah. to your point about um, leaving the house, it's still weird to go out and, right. like, kind of be in a crowd and stuff. It and is. Like, mm, yeah. You look dodgy. Stay over there. <laughs> right. Right. Somebody's just probably hung like, over and we're like, ew. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, but that was so much fun. So good. So good. That's cool. It was I like Reverend that. Peyton and his big damn band. And this guy oh, from God. Austin who was amazing, Zach Person. So good. Okay. He was like a Jimi Hendrix. If Jimi Hendrix and Prince had a baby, that's him. Wow. Like, yeah. Wow. Okay. Everybody Google this Super person. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. And his last I, name I, is I mean, Person? Promotion. Jimmy Person? Yeah. No, Zach Person. <laughs> Zach Person. Okay. I'm sorry. I was stuck on Jimi Hendrix. And Prince's yeah, baby. Yeah, that's right. Which I really think that mm. they would have named it after Jimi Hendrix. Although, I don't know. Prince Jimmy, I think they would have done. Probably. Yeah. I, I mean, imagine. those are those are mm-hmm. two... Sounds about right. Amazing icons that, you know, <laughs> you you had them had a baby. And I was like, I'm sorry, my brain can't compute that. It's <laughs> 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 just too much greatness. When you look him up... In a baby. Like, oh, I totally yeah. get it. <laughs> oh, I get it. Okay, cool. Zach Person. Um, yeah. I like it. All right. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. What are you doing for Easter? Just chilling? We're just chilling. Um, we are, let's see. Well, we've been in North Carolina for over a year now. Um, mm-hmm. But last year we were staying in a hotel. And so there wasn't a whole lot of like, you know, we were like, eh. Um, but this year is our first Easter in our new home. Um, my family and I did have a death in the family recently. So, um, I think we're going to try and, um, my, my cousin's husband, um, died, uh, very recently. So I think, um, that we're gonna, you know, go over and and see her and just kind of see how she's doing. And, you know, it's, um, make sure that she's you know not too lonely but you know she um we were all kind of crowding her like shortly after he passed away and she was like i would just really love some time alone like <laughs> hint fucking hint <laughs> um <laughs> so um but yeah i think we're probably gonna pop over and see her and just kind of you know see how she's doing we did um because i am the queen of procrastination uh just ordered groceries tonight and i was like i have nothing for easter dinner uh let's try to get some ham and potatoes and all this other stuff and blah, 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 blah. and then the the instacart shopper was like they're out of this they're out of that they're out of this they're out of i'm like mom how do you feel about ham sandwiches <laughs> right that's all we got hawaiian pizza that sounds lovely that sounds really good right um yeah so <laughs> we'll see how easter sunday goes we are um not a very um church going family uh but you know the holidays we we do it we do celebrate the holidays um so we'll we'll see how it goes they had most of most of the stuff they um so you and i were talking about the the funeral potatoes or the cracked potatoes that are really mm-hmm. popular and um i do make them and i had made them for my mom one year for thanksgiving she loved them and then she wanted them every holiday and then she got sick of them so we haven't made them in about five years 
because we made them so, so much. She's ready. She's ready. Yeah. And I was like, do you want some crab potatoes? She's like, okay. Um, well, they didn't have onion soup mix at the store. Um, but she had just happened to order a bag of ruffles and French onion dip. And I pulled the dip out and I was like, what is this? She's like, I got it for the chips. And I'm like, hmm. I wonder if I could use this in the cracked potatoes. So I'm going to try. I hope I don't ruin them. But I mean, it could work. It's the same stuff, just with sour cream, right? Right. Right? Right? Sure. You don't sound confident. Help me. Right? Yes. That's going to be be perfect. Thank you. Uh, So I will report back next episode. So. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I certainly will. Anyway. Um... Anything else to report in your Not daily sure. life? Yeah. How's your TikTok going? Yeah, it's chill. Um, I haven't posted in a while. I literally was just saying, I'm like, oh, I need to make another TikTok. Carrie's going to yeah. get me. Mm-hmm. I forget, honestly, that TikTok even exists. I don't go, because I don't go on it. I don't, like, I okay, you're kind of busy on social media that much. But still. So, yeah, I don't do a lot of social media. I don't. Like, even my personal one, you know, yeah. like, that are True. just, um, so it's not really my gig. So I'm really bad about the TikToks, but I'm trying to be better. I am. I did remember. I was like, oh, shit, I'm probably in trouble. <laughs> yeah, you kind of are, because I check. I mean, even though I don't need to check, because every time you post a TikTok, you're like, hey, I posted a TikTok. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, I did my homework I'm assignment. Gold star. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yep. All right. Well, then, you know, that was all of our personal bullshit. Let's get into our EVPs, or as we like to call them here at History of Haunting, our endless vocal prattling. Now, today we are recording, and it is April 15th. Um, However, you guys still have time to buy tickets for Dirt Days in Williamson, West Virginia. And we certainly do want you to go to that. It's going to be a really great time, you guys. Oh, Laura and I are so upset that we cannot make it this year, but it is an off-roading festival. Three days, 28th, 29th, 30th. Everybody goes home on the 30th. No, there's no 31st. On May 1st. <laughs> I shouldn't be talking I about this. I just making up days now. Now I'm just making up days. <laughs> Laura, you tell them about the rest because I clearly don't know what I'm saying. Uh, you get to ride around on the Hatfield and McCoy trails and there's food vendors, all kinds of little events going on, mm-hmm. fun for the entire family. And it looks like it's going to be a real good time. So super, super good are time. Yeah. In there, around there, I would head down. Yeah. Sounds like it's a really good time. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, we were planning to go and then, you know, life and things and stuff happened. But we are still very, very proud to be a sponsor of Dirt Days. So please, please, guys, go check it out. It's going to be a really, really, really great time. Um, and then what else did we have to tell them? Mm, I don't know. I think that's it. I think that might be it. We do have a lot of investigations coming up. Trans-Allegheny being the main one. That's going to be... Laura, that's going to be in a month. I know. I'm super excited. I'm starting to panic. coming up. I'm like, oh, shit. In a month? What? Oh, God. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, so Trans Allegheny is coming up. We've got, um, I'm going to be doing Penhurst Asylum. Uh, that's in June, July. I don't think we have anything in July. August, nothing. September, we may be doing Brushy Mountain. Brushy Mountain was a definite for Laura and I, and now we're like, let's talk about this. Um, we've got, uh, we got, we got some stuff and things. And someone's at the door. Ladies and gentlemen, it is. <laughs> um, I'm sure it's just one of Zane's little friends. Zane's little friend. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so we've got um, we've got some stuff that irons in the fire for the end of the year for the podcast. So we're sort of reconsidering some of our um, end of year ideas, like investigations that we were wanting to do. And Brushy is yeah, one. Yeah, I, I think I actually might be doing an investigation the weekend before I go to Tala. So I'll let you know once I get it all situated, if that comes through, then I will let you know. And then I, and you will be doing a Facebook back. live. Of course. And tons of TikToks. I mean, <laughs> I'm the queen of the media. Yeah. You are the queen of the media. Just in case um, you're wondering. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of what's going on with us. We, um, we do want to encourage everybody also to join our Patreon. And um, once we get going in the episode, we are going to um, talk to you a little bit more about... About... Sorry, okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's my fault. Uh, well, actually, it's not, but... <laughs> uh, one of Zane's friends wanted him to come play. So it's your fault for not disconnecting the doorbell. I guess I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to do on that. I'm not really. Point. Yeah, I don't have no idea. Look, guys, mm. this is not a professional podcast. We <laughs> record from our houses. The doorbell's gonna fucking ring. My dogs are gonna bark. It is what it is. Anyway, um, so we, what were we talking about? Patreon. Yes, come join us on Patreon. Uh, yeah. Yes, we have two different sure. donor levels: two dollars cheers clink and five dollars snort laugh levels. We bring you early episodes. Our episodes normally drop Saturday mornings and Patreons get them on Wednesday mornings. We also bring you true crime stories. We bring them those to you on the 15th of every month and we send you goodies. We send you prizes. We send you stuff. You get 20% off of our merch. I mean, come on in and join us. So, um, I think that is it for my endless vocal. Real good time. It's a real good time. It is Come a real on. good time. We actually mm -hmm. just yesterday released um, one of our true crime episodes that we, um, you know, just to kind of give you guys an idea of the true crime stories that we bring to our Patreons. We've had a lot of requests for folks um, from folks asking us to cover a true crime story today. Today's episode is kind of in that vein. Yeah, it's kind of in that vein. Um, but mm -hmm. the Patreons get solely true crime stories. Sometimes they do haunt stuff. We have done Richard Ramirez. We have done... Um, now I forget everything. But my Jack own. Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper. He haunts shit. Richard Ramirez haunts the Hotel Cecil. We have done the monster with 21 faces. We have done 
Uh, well, Robert Hernandez, that came out uh, yesterday. So check it out. Robert Hernandez doesn't haunt anything because he is still alive. Uh, but yet. <laughs> well, give him time. Give him time. Uh, according to his appeals, those minutes are ticking down. So come join us on Patreon. Uh, patreon.com slash H-O-A-H podcast. And Laura, what are you furiously clicking? So, I'm sorry. Something bad happened. Oh, that's great. I'd love to hear that. (laughs) Yeah, it's not cool. Hold on. (laughs) Did you lose your research? Oh, no. Uh, We'll be right back. I hope not. Hold on. Sit tight. We'll be right back. I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. Are you there? Something happened and it was like in the middle and then the rest was gone. And I was like, um, that's not the top. <laughs> Can I remember what that said? I'm not really sure. Again, not like, a professional. I know so much about the topic. Yeah. They, yeah, they know, guys. Mm-hmm. We're covering Ed Gein today. Yep. I mean, I might as well throw so. out the title card now that we're now there that we've go. said it. <laughs> uh, we're going to be covering Ed Gein's farmhouse because uh, bet you didn't know this motherfucker haunts some shit. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be covering that. Did you find your notes? I did. Oh, Thank good. God. All right. Thank God. OK, <laughs> um, we're going to be covering that. I don't have to do it from memory. <laughs> not from memory. Well, I mean, not like you couldn't, honestly, <laughs> like you are. When if this yeah. came up in the rotation for the episode list, she was like, yes, Eddie. <laughs> she was so excited. <laughs> she was super it's excited. so fucked up. But I guess if it's I had so a favorite up. serial killer-ish. Yeah. I mean. I don't even know. Can he even be considered a serial killer? I don't know. Let's We can discuss it as you get into his many crimes. Like, he's a serial right. crimer. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can get into that. Oh, he yeah. is real. All kinds of. Oh, oh all kinds of fuck. Yeah all kinds of fucked up um so we were going to get into that here in just a second to you guys it's going to be just a blip of time we'll be right back hi we're back okay um laura i didn't put our sources in so just tell the folks all right my sources are aetv.com all that's interesting.com biography.com and cult of weird.com and every horror movie you've ever seen.com that's not a real website. I mean, I don't think it is a real website, but I mean, it could be. <laughs> really. And I've listened to so many podcasts and things so on him and whatever. So many. So. God, Ed Gein. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, let's sit back, grab a glass of wine and settle in. Laura, tell us about this nut. All right. Yay. So he was born Edward Theodore Gein. Actually, it's Gein, but we're going to just keep it as Gein. Is it Gein? Um, on August 20th. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right. You heard it here first, or maybe not. <laughs> I'm sure I heard it somewhere else. I'm sure I did, too. Um, I was uh, like, actually, that sounds familiar. <laughs> right, um, on. on August 27, 1906, in La Crosse, Wisconsin, um, Ed came of age under the influence of his religious and domineering mother, Augusta. She raised Ed and his brother, Henry, to believe that the world was full of evil that women were vessels of sin and that drinking and immortality were the instruments of the devil. All right. Um, Triple threat. I think it's immorality. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Immorality. Anyway, 
Immor- um, I mean, either way, immorality, <laughs> immortality, that's, wow. Go on. Damn. Yeah. She, she sounds like a big downer. I'm like, mm, you don't sound very fun. Are you sure her name wasn't Debbie? <laughs> right. Frantic uh, to protect her family from the evil, which she believed lurked around every corner. She's not wrong. Augusta and ins- women are everywhere. Augusta insisted that they move from lacrosse, which was a sinkhole of filth. Um, to Plainfield. Um, even there, Augusta had the family settle outside of the town since she believed that the people living in the town would corrupt her two young sons. I mean, I mean, more than she was. Um, <laughs> parents, you have a massive influence. Let this story be your warning. Right. Um, domineering mothers and serial killers go like hand in hand. hand, in hand. Did right. he have a head injury? So, uh, you know what? Don't even tell. Can you just go on. <laughs> As a result, Ed Gein uh, only ever left his family's isolated farmhouse to go to school, um, which he only did to the eighth grade. Um, but he fab- failed to establish any meaningful connection with, with his classmates. Um, he was remembered as socially awkward and prone to odd, unexplained fits of laughter. So he would just like be in class, like giggling to himself while fucking creepy. Um, well, I mean, me too, but that was generally because, you know, my friends and I were passing notes in class. Maybe that was what was going on. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt for now. All right. Okay. Well, um, his lazy eye and speech impediment, um, made him a victim of bullies as well. Oh, Uh, you and I were just talking about the eye. Sop. Ew. Mm Mm-hmm. What? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, go on. Yeah, milk, they call milk. them milk sop. I don't know what that means, but it's it doesn't sound fun. <laughs> it doesn't sound complimentary. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it doesn't. Mm-mm. So, um, despite all this, uh, Ed loved his mom. They loved his mama. Um, his father was a timid alcoholic who died in 1940, um, and he doesn't seem to have had a ton of influence into Ed's life. Um, not like Augusta did. Okay. Um, he absorbed her lessons around about the world and embraced her worldview. Um, so Henry would sometimes like stand up to Augusta, but Ed did not. So Henry um, is the brother. Is the brother. Okay. Let's take a look so, at this um, lazy eyed mother of champions. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, no, he has a lazy eye. She just has creepy fucking eyes. Well, she kind of has a lazy eye, uh, too. Like, look at it. It's kind of going off the one yeah. way. It kind of is. Like, she, she's like, looking for evil. <laughs> See her evil eye. Mm. <laughs> I can't believe she's looking for evil. Oh, my God. All right. Continue. We're going to look at this lovely Augusta lady. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> it's probably not a surprise that Ed Gein's first victim was most likely his older brother, Henry. Um, in 1944, Ed and Henry set out to clear some vegetation in the fields by burning it away. Um, so as they worked, um, the fire got out of control. And when the firefighters arrived to put out the blaze, they couldn't find Henry. And Ed had told them that he had vanished you know, during the fire. His body was found soon afterward, face down in the marsh, dead from asphyxiation. 
asphyxiation. Asphyxiation. Um, <laughs> words are hard to say. I'm like, <laughs> um, Oh, shoot. Okay. Um, sorry, we had a technical glitchy goo. Yeah, glitchy goo. All right. Okay. So, about the dead brother. Um, supposedly in the midst of the fire. Stop. Hang on. Wait, hang on. And went... Well, I fucked up that up. What is happening? Oh my god. Let's try it again. Okay. So Okay, um, there about we go. the dead brother. Right, there's a brother about who died. The dead Nine brother. times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sorry. at this point we've killed him off so many times. So much. Uh, <laughs> he's so fucking dead. Uh, <laughs> he's extra dead. He's extra uh, dead. <laughs> <laughs> So supposedly in the midst of the fire, Ed lost shut up. Ed lost track of his brother. Um, and when he and the police came upon his brother's body, Henry was already dead. So the weird shit is that there were no burns on his body, even though he was on top of a portion that ha- had burned, like of scorched earth. Um, which if he had like, you know burned, it would be like Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I gotcha. Right. Okay, so not only that, but his head had bruises on it. Hmm. Like he had been knocked That's out. interesting. <laughs> and Ed also led the police directly to his brother's body. So they were burning... What were they burning? They were burning like wood or they were burning... Like a back burn of vegetation. Sure. Know, like weeds and whatever. But then the brother was found in a marsh. Isn't that like a wet, squishy area? Yeah, I mean, that's what it says, but I can't verify I wasn't there. But, yeah, so, like, whatever they were burning off. Um, I can't verify like, I wasn't there. Face down by some, by possibly some waterish area. Also, um, but face down, he asphyxiated. He, um, asphyxiated. You know, yeah. asphyxiated on the smoke. Okay. But it seems very improbable, considering how he was found, the bruises right. on his head. And- <clears throat> That he had creepy ass brother was like, oh, I think I know where he is now. Hmm. We burn this way over here, but look, his body's right there. It's weird. I don't get it. (laughs) It's so funny. He must have had asphyxiated. (laughs) (laughs) He must have asphyxiated. He asphyxiated. (laughs) Wow, this episode went downhill quick. Go on. (laughs) It is. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's kind of Um, fun. It's fine. uh, So the main theory of why um that ed might have killed his brother is that henry was leaving to live with a divorced mother of two and he had been openly criticizing augusta to his brother maybe don't do that so at his brother's funeral um it's reported that um (laughs) That he said, Henry would have been a great disappointment had he lived. Yeah. But despite all this, it was ruled an accident. <laughs> what what did he think was a great success? Him? Mm, I guess. I think, you know, he was going to really disappoint his mother by getting with a divorcee and 
Hmm. Hey, Ed Gein, go fuck yourself. A lot of single women have kids. <laughs> Sorry. I might over-identify a little bit too much with it. Maybe a little bit. Sorry. So, Henry's death meant that Ed and Augusta had the farmhouse all to themselves. Um, they lived there in isolation for about a year until Augusta passed in 1945. Oh. Um, when his mother Naturally, passed, or... Seems... Yeah, that's... Oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Seems like it. Okay. Um... Like, it seems like he really snapped and his mental health just went down the shitter. So, <laughs> watch it circle the drain. <laughs> Pretty much. Goddamn. Okay. So, Gein managed to support himself as a handyman and despite how odd he was as a babysitter. Can I just say what the fuck? I'm sorry, as a, as a what a sitter? <laughs> He was a babysitter, um, which is the best thing ever. Because I just need to know that there's somebody out there whose parents, like, or parent was babysat by Ed Gein. This is, it's too much. Right. If you're listening, um, please message us. We need to know what that <laughs> was like for you. I need to know so much about that. I have so many questions. Um, My God. <laughs> so I wasn't the best babysitter, but I wasn't fucking Ed Gein. Right? Oh like, my god. Look at my mask, kids. <laughs> Want to see oh my, my nipple belt? Oh my god. Oh, sorry. <laughs> god damn. Right. Sorry. So, um, meanwhile, um, there were some residents around the area that had disappeared over the years. Um, Ed, over the next few years, transformed his house into something of a shrine to his mother's memory. Um, he boarded up rooms that she had used, um, keeping them in pristine condition, and moved into a small bedroom off the kitchen. Uh, living alone, far from town, he began to sink into his obsessions. Um, he filled his days learning about Nazi medical experiments. He studied anatomy. Um, he enjoyed some porn. Although I... he never attempted to, to date any real-life women, um, he also enjoyed horror novels. You know, anything about murder, that kind of stuff cannibals so i mean you know who doesn't like porn and horror novel i that doesn't make (laughs) all of us crazy all of them crazy right just because people like that doesn't mean i mean don't um say more stuff Laura. (laughs) shut me up so for a full decade no one really thought much about a um, decade yeah, the gain farm outside of town. Like, not much was going on. Ed's a weirdo, but, like, everybody in town kind of, like, was... <laughs> the fact that it was a little bit odd. And, I mean, kind of is what it is. A decade. Just chilling out there by himself. Wow. All right. Yeah. So, um... On November 16th of 1957, Bernice Warden was reported missing from her hardware store in Plainfield. Um, the cash register was also gone, and there was a trail of blood leading out the back. The whole cash register? Customer. Mm. Wow, okay. <laughs> and a body. <laughs> All right. That handy. I mean Nobody, just blood just blood. Okay, so uh, assuming somebody took the cash register and an entire body. Yes. Okay. Sorry. So I, I... unsurprisingly, 
Um, her last customer was none other than Ed Gein, who'd gone into the store to buy a gallon of antifreeze. Um, her son, Frank. The weirdest thing is that sure. antifreeze was available in this day and age. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's me. I was like, really? That's weird. Antifreeze? I didn't know it was around then. Everything else Cars is red flag uh, everywhere. Sorry. Right. So, um, her son was suspicious of Ed, um, and the reclusive man was soon apprehended at, at a neighbor's house. Um, so police went to Ed's farmhouse to investigate and found themselves in the middle of a waking nightmare. Why? I don't, he look at him. He's charming. I mean... <laughs> He's got his mama's weird eye. It's fine. <laughs> he totally does. He um, does. As soon as investigators stepped into Ed Gein's house, they found Bernice Warden in the kitchen. She was dead, decapitated, and hung by her ankles from the rafters. Mm. Gein had shot the 58-year-old widow in the shop and driven her body back to his property. Where With the cash register. Initial preparations to take its place in his collection. They also, in his home, found countless bones, both whole and fragmented, skulls impaled on his bedposts, like, and made um, bowls and kitchen utensils from skulls. Um, worse than the bones, however, were the household items that Ed had made from human skin. Um, authorities found chairs upholstered in human skin, a wastebasket uh, made of human skin. There's a leggings. nipple on this no. chair. <laughs> that, that's a nipple on this chair. That's so crazy. There's a nipple on this chair. Yes, there is. It's not a nubbin. It's a nipple. <laughs> on the it's chair. Yeah. Sorry. There were also leggings made from human leg skin. Gross. Masks. Made from faces, a belt made of nipples, a pair of lips were being used as a window shade drawstring, a corset that he had made from a female torso, and a lampshade made from a human face. Um, along with the skin items, please found various dismembered body parts, including fingernails, four noses, and the vulvas of nine different women. Uh, Ew, fucking gross. Yeah, so gross. Um, They also found the remains of Mary Hogan, who was a tavern keeper who'd gone missing back in 1954. Um, Ed used to frequent that bar. Um, He did say that later that he killed her because she had a foul mouth. (laughs) Wow, a lot of of us are fucking... And his, if we ever run across him, <laughs> this podcast wouldn't exist. Right. We're in big trouble. Um, all right. So Ed like readily admitted that he'd collected most of the remains from three local graveyards um, that he had started visiting um, two years after his mother's death. He told police he'd gone to the graveyards in a daze looking for bodies that he thought resembled his mother. So supposedly he would keep an eye on the obituaries and then if there was someone who passed who in some way reminded him of his mother um, that's who he would go dig up the weird eye Mm. (laughs) 
Um, he did explain why. Um, he told authorities that he had wanted to create a woman's suit so that he could become his mother and crawl into her skin. Following the police visit to Ed's house, um, he was <laughs> dubbed the Butcher of Plainfield when he was yeah, arrested. I bet. He was found not guilty by reasons of insanity in 1957 and sent to the Central State Hospital for the Criminally Insane, where he was diagnosed as a schizophrenic. Um, suddenly, uh, there's a diagnosis for what farmhouse he... burned to the ground. <laughs> Yes. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Not long after mm -hmm. he was, yeah, sentenced. Mm -hmm. Incarcerated. So, or, you know, um, when told that his farmhouse had burned to the ground, he said, um, what do you say? Uh, probably for the best. Or like a well or whatever. He yeah, yeah. It, that was, yeah, he was just basically like, probably for the best. Yeah. Um, so, Gaines lawyer, William Belter, introduced of not guilty by reason of insanity um but and he was you know committed but um in early 1968 he was determined fit to finally stand trial so that november he was found guilty of the murder of warden um however he was also found insane at the time of murder murder and so he was recommitted to the central state hospital um, except for his attempt to petition for release in 1974, which was obviously rejected. The mild-mannered thank God made virtually no news while institutionalized. Later that decade, his health failing, he was transferred to the Mendota Mental Health Institute, where he died of cancer and respiratory illnesses on July 26, 1984. Wow. Um, he hadn't amassed a single blemish on his incarceration record. Was he housed with men? Because, good. I mean, probably. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, the story of Gein's gruesome activities, particularly his devotion to a dead mother, strongly influenced Robert Block's 1959 novel Psycho, which was adapted to the big screen the following year by Alfred Hitchcock. Yes. Um, additionally, Gein served as the inspiration of other notorious movie villains, including Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs and yep. Leatherface from Texas Saint Chainsaw Massacre. Um, and, of course, it's been referenced in tons of songs and oh yeah, all kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. History so, of a Haunting podcast, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, on a side note, um, most, like, all of the human stuff had been gotten rid of from by the police right they didn't keep it sure um and someone had taken gein's car and toured it around um at carnivals and stuff saying that that's a car you know because he transported the bodies the bodies yes oh shit okay mm -hmm. all right so they would charge people like a like a sideshow attraction yeah weird, okay right? i mean so eventually the state said that um they you know like barred this and so the guy kind of fucked off into obscurity and no one knows what has happened to the car. Weird. That um, is weird. I didn't know about the car. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, in 2015, an unusual item hit the auction block in Wisconsin, a haunted cauldron owned by Ed Gein. The seller claimed that it had been used by Gein as a receptacle to hold human remains. 
the winning bid was placed by Zach Bagans of Ghost Adventures. And The Cauldron made its television debut the following year and can be seen now on display at his haunted museum in Las Vegas. Yes. And that is the fun, fun times of our buddy Ed. Of our buddy Ed. Of our buddy Ed. Um, He's just a rambunctious scoundrel. All right, that rapscallion, I'll tell you. <laughs> Uh, he is certainly an advertisement for cremation, isn't he? <laughs> um, he soups fun. He's yeah, he soups something. Um, so yes, uh, like Laura mentioned, um, his cauldron that he used to um, boil off the flesh of people. Uh, is currently in Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I will be talking a little bit about that. I will also be talking about the farmhouse where all of these murders occurred. Um, Yes, it was burned to the ground in 1958 after an auction of his stuff. P.S. Side note. Um, The auction of his stuff and people actually bought it. I.e. the cauldron. Um, but. I.e. the car. And the car. Yeah, yeah the stuff. car. Yeah, creeps. crazy. Super creeps. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will be talking about all of that in my portion um, in this episode of Ed Gein's Farmhouse. We will be right back. <laughs> okay. So, in my part, I'm going to cover Ed Gein's cauldron and his farm. My sources are Cult of Weird, Wayne, Higgypop.com, all three.com, <laughs> Hauntjaunts.net, an article by Courtney Mrock, and then um, the Discovery Plus Shock Docs, Ed Gein, The Real Psycho. So if you haven't seen it, you should because goddamn. Um, (laughs) So for many folks in Wisconsin who grew up with this boogeyman in their backyard, the story of Ed Gein became a lifelong fascination. And I think, Laura, I think that um, had we had... a, a similar situation like we would be fascinated mm-hmm. by it um not in a great way and and these folks I, d- I don't want to make it sound like the people that lived in plainfield were like oh my god he is so cool no it just it just was what it was right so mm-hmm. in plainfield um there are still families who remember or were actually directly affected by Gein's actions. It doesn't take long to find somebody who says they were babysat by Gein, um, someone whose relative was exhumed by him, or someone mm. who ate Gein's homemade venison, despite the fact that Gein didn't hunt. Don't love that. Uh, so draw from that, whatever conclusion you're going to, um, or somebody who remembers seeing the headlights in that cemetery at night. So the so-called house of horrors was very real and locals have been trying to heal from the wounds, um, of that nightmare for nearly 60 years. A man named Dan McIntyre in early 2015 contacted the 
um, website, Cult of Weird, and one of its authors. Um, The guy was actually hoping to drum up interest in an upcoming auction. And he, this guy, Dan McIntyre, as it turned out, was hoping to rid himself of a gruesome relic he inherited from his grandmother. Um, She had purchased the object in March of 1958, just a few months after Gein's arrest when his property Mm -hmm. and belongings were being sold off. I don't know why anybody thought that was a brilliant idea, but apparently people bought some stuff. So the guy said that his grandmother found the old simple cauldron at the sale and thought it would make a great planter. The auctioneers who sold the cauldron said the former owner's parents bought it from an auction with many of Gein's possessions, and the auction was held on March 30th, 1958. So like you mentioned, the house was burned to the ground on March 27th, 1958, shortly after they announced that an entrepreneur planned to open the farmhouse (laughs) as a tourist attraction called the House of Horrors. Um... People weren't ready for that shit in 1958. <laughs> that just wasn't... Um, no. No. Like, even his car, like I said, they, they like, started passing laws against that because it was mm-hmm. not cool. Not at all. Um, so, in a notarized letter to the state of Wisconsin, the former owner says his grandmother, quote, painted the cauldron black planted flowers in it and said it was a memorial for those who died at the hands of a serial killer. And I think you and I talked about it a little bit in the beginning. We've certainly talked about it like Mm -hmm. off air, but um, he wasn't really a serial killer in the, what we know today, what a serial killer is or does. Um, He probably killed his brother. Uh, He definitely killed... Uh, the woman at the hardware store, and he definitely killed what her name was Mary Hogan, I think the bartender. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so I, I guess serial three. He just doesn't have the body count that somebody like, or, or like the spree, yeah. like Richard Ramirez, or you know what I mean. Some of the other heavy hitters, right. considering what a impact he still has on like popular culture and what he has had in the past 60 years it's yeah he was more um, of a serial grave robber kind of because right all they found in his house i mean and you rattled it off all of it was insane but mm-hmm. he didn't kill all of those people he just looked up the mm-hmm. obituaries and anybody that might have looked like his mother he went and dug them up three yeah. cemeteries like but it's just like yeah. Yeah. How fucked up it was. And Ugh. the fact that he did, like, taxidermy. Yeah. On. Yeah. Yeah. The the remains. Um, and then made shit out of it. <laughs> um, I think that that's just, yeah. like. Oh, God. Where people are like, what the actual fuck? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I. Um, so I don't necessarily know as by today's. Uh, FBI profiler definition mm-hmm. of a serial killer. I don't necessarily know if he fits into that, but he's certainly an iconic um, murderer. Really, mm-hmm. uh, like you said, there's a number of movies that are prolific movies. Uh, Psycho, uh, 
Silence of the Lambs, uh, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Texas Chainsaw. all of which are my favorite fucking movies, <laughs> which makes me wonder, like, what's my problem? But that's a different episode. <laughs> Anyhow. Anywho, um, years later, a friend of McIntyre's named Hollis Brown, who, according to McIntyre, had been a neighbor of Gaines, this person caught a glimpse of the cauldron stuffed away in his family's garage. And horrified, mm-hmm. he realized he had seen it before. And this was a guy, one of the like local townspeople, that... Um, had gone to assist police with the cleanup of Ed Gein's farm. Oh. Yeah. The fact that they were like, this is a lot of stuff. And um, anybody that wants to help us clean this up, come, come, come on in. Um, to in this day and age and, and you know, to most minds, mm. that's just so crazy. Right. Well, did you, you've seen the pictures of how he lived, right? And oh, yeah. In the rooms that were boarded up. Yeah. It's an episode of Hoarders just waiting to happen. Like, there's just trash everywhere. To the nth degree. Yeah. Shit everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. Just grow rats. I mean, just sort of, you know, mm-hmm. eh, it is what it yeah. is. Um, and I believe that when they went to his farm initially to question him because he was the last person the last like customer at the hardware store mm-hmm. um they found when they were wandering through the house it was just like a detective and a cop they were wandering through the house and they found her body and then they found her head in like a burlap sack or a box or like whatever and they were just kind of rats just sort of like <laughs> running all over the place yeah, there Just were like foul noses and like a thing, and there was yeah a head in a box, a head in the burlap sack, um, kind of just awful. Just awful, yeah. Really, um, a house of horrors. Like really, it really was. Like the guy that wanted to open it as a tourist attraction, and by this point in 1958, when this whatever person wanted to open it up as that, it. it you know, Velisca axe murders in Iowa had already happened and had happened decades before. So I get why mm-hmm. he thought this was not going to be any different. Like Velisca axe murder house is, is still like you can go and stay there and, and investigate it and, and, you know, the whole thing. But this was a, a wee bit different I don't know. I I don't know. That might be a whole other like separate episode that we could have a conversation about. But I get why well, this guy the thought town was small. Huh. It, it was, was a small town. So mm-hmm. right, and the, so these the people knew the you know like they were directly impacted. Not mm-hmm. only did they know him, they knew you know the yeah. hardware store owner. They knew the tavern lady. So um, and then you know all the people whose graves he had robbed. You know. So there were so Could many people imagine? that were directly affected. I, yeah, I like, can't even imagine. I think the town imagine. had like 800 people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not and it's actually not, not much more so... today, honestly. Yeah. It's not much more mm-hmm. than that today. So this Dan McIntyre, he described this revelation in an email 
reading, quote, Hollis saw many terrible things. He told me upon entering the home, he saw a woman's breast as the doorbell. Inside, he saw a skin lampshade, a comforter slash blanket made from human skin, furniture made of skin slash breasts, bloody gut buckets, a change purse made from a woman's vulva, a belt with nipples on it, which is probably one of the more infamous things that Ed mm-hmm. Gein made. Um, when Hollis saw the cauldron in my parents' garage, he recognized it as the same black cauldron that he has seen Ed's parents use to render hog fat on. Oh. Mm. He also recognized it as the same cauldron in one of the outbuilding sheds and remembered Ed's sinister use for it. He remembers the cauldron was covered in dry blood and guts next to two barrels slash tubs of bloody human entrails and intestines. 50 years later, Hollis recognized the cauldron in my parents' garage and turned white as a ghost. I asked him, how does he know it was the same one covered in dry blood? He lifted his arm and said, the hair on my arm stands straight up every time I look at this in this garage. The cauldron was then, like you said, put up for auction along with his shovel and skis. By the way, skis, when does this guy have time to, number one, learn how to or just (laughs) ski? But apparently he had skis. Shovels? Okay, sure. Skis? That's weird. Um, (laughs) Well, that's probably how he got around in winter. I mean, quite possibly, like, people used to Mm. um, cross-country ski. Sure, sure. Yeah. And the fact that you know that real quick, like, is very concerning. We'll talk about that off air. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's indicative of growing up somewhere cold. I mean, and I'll back you up on that, even if they question us separately. Not that I, not that I did cross country ski. Sure, sure. Um, So, like you mentioned, the winning bidder of the cauldron was Ghost Adventures host Zach Bagans. Did you see how much he purchased that cauldron for? Did you? Did I did not. Twenty eight hundred dollars. He got it for a bargain, frankly. I mean, That's he's paid way more money for other crazy shit. Um, so in communications with McTire, nope, McIntyre afterwards, <laughs> he expressed belief that the cauldron had a dark energy, which might have been dormant while it was still sitting covered in his garage. When it was disturbed in preparation for the auction, he seemed to feel that something had reawakened. He experienced a mysterious illness disruption of nearby electronics and other phenomena when the cauldron was mentioned in the presence of the cauldron he described feelings of unease dizziness and anxiety i kind of fucking would too but anyway so he writes quote i am not so sure that displaying an item that represents such evil is a good idea what evil will it inspire I wonder if I should have kept it and planted flowers in it, only to be forgotten in time. Then there would be one less item in this world to remind us of the evil that lurks on the flip side of mankind's good. Is Ed Gein's cauldron charged with negative energy? I think it is. 
Um, anyway, uh, the cauldron was feature, feature, featured. Mm-hmm. The cauldron was featured in an April 2017 episode of Zach Bagan's series Deadly Possessions on the Travel Channel. Um, McIntyre appeared on the episode to share his story and his history and experience with the cauldron, um, along with a mm-hmm. group of paranormal researchers from Wisconsin who also experienced bad things after purchasing the skis. Oh, uh huh. Yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. So that's the cauldron. Now, the farm and the hardware store um, locals have claimed are have there are paranormal things going on in both locations. Now, like you said, the farm was burned to the ground in 1958, and not one damn thing has ever been built on the land since then. But. 60 years after Gein's arrest, a documentary film producer and paranormal investigator by the name of Steve Shippey uh, joined world-renowned psychic medium Cindy Kaza, and they traveled to Gein's hometown of Plainfield, Wisconsin, to conduct investigations of the most haunted locations connected to the infamous killer-slash-gravedigger. Because I'm not... Yeah, he's a killer, but... To my mind, I think he was more of a crazy grave robber than he was a killer. You know, if there wasn't anybody dying real quick that looked like his mom, I get that, like, then he just murdered women that looked like his mom. But ultimately, he dug up way more people than he murdered. Not that that justifies anything he did, but I still don't think we need to label him as a serial killer. Anyway, that's just my opinion. Anyway, so their whole thing... um, in, in, in their investigations is the documentary Ed Gein, The Real Psycho on Discovery+. Plus. So they travel to Plainfield and they investigate allegations that his ghost still haunts the area for the first time ever. Which is really qu- kind of saying something, I think. In November of 2020, cameras were allowed on the Gein property where the gruesome evidence was found. And it just so happened to be on the anniversary of Gein's arrest, which that wasn't coincidental at all. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So um, Steve Shippey says accounts of paranormal activity run the gamut from people claiming to be personally attacked and scratched to seeing shadowy figures, hearing disembodied voices, and some even believe Ed's spirit is making them physically ill. So he and Cindy Kaza make a couple of visits to the property where the farmhouse stood. So once during the day, which was the very first stop on their investigation, and then they went back again a few days later at night. Don't recommend that. Don't do that. That just is super fucking creepy. Don't. That's just gross. Uh, Especially after what they experienced. So on their first trip to the side of the house during the day, Cindy Kaza saw and felt the spirit of a woman in a nightgown. She said that this spirit had been following them, almost stalking them, that she was aware that they were there and that she was not happy about it. She believed it was the ghost of Ed Gein's mother, Augusta. 
the spirit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a thousand percent. Yeah. The spirit was calling her a little witch and that she was doing the devil's work. Creepy. No, don't love that. But it doesn't really surprise me given how um, kind of hyper-religious Augusta was. And the fact that same for women, just like women in general. And then that Cindy was a a psychic and knew she was there. So that doesn't Mm -hmm. really surprise me at all. Um, They both said that the energy at the farm was really intense. So just to walk onto a piece of land and, and feel like, well, I don't feel good in this space at all. That to me, that that's pretty telling. So after that, Steve Shippey went to Warden's hardware store where Bernice Warden had been killed by Ed Gein. Um, It is now a storage facility. And after her murder, nobody wanted to go to the hardware store and it went out of business. So thanks, Ed. Mm -hmm. Uh, Good job, buddy. Uh, The current owners said that they feel like they're being watched all the time. There's unexplained cold spots. And one time... In all of the years that it's been a storage facility, just randomly this glass, um, this glass flew off of a shelf and broke on its own. Um, so as him and Cindy Kaza are investigating the hardware store, she gets kind of confused, this confused, confused feeling of knowing she's there at the store, but also feels mm-hmm. like she's at back at the house, the location of the house. And she couldn't differentiate between the two locations, which was really interesting. Um, they had set up a REM pod, EMF detectors, things like that. The REM pod went mm-hmm. off a bunch. Um, and she couldn't really focus on trying to do, she does automatic writing. Do you know what that is? Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So for our listeners, automatic writing is when uh, mediums, uh, clairvoyants, psychics, uh, they sort of go into a trance and they uh, kind of allow the spirits to guide them in a writing session where they basically have a piece of paper and a pen and they sort of zone out and they just write down whatever it is that they feel compelled to write by whatever entity or emotion or feeling they're having. That's automatic writing. And she was trying to do that in the hardware store. But um, because the spirits were setting off all of this noisy equipment, the EMF detectors, the REM pod, she couldn't focus on trying to do the automatic writing session that she was trying to do. Um, The production crew's cameras were dying. And so it was just sort of chaotic in that hardware store. Um, When asking Ed Gein doing, when they were doing a session, when they were Mm -hmm. asking Ed Gein directly various questions, they would get responses to their questions via the REM pod and the EMF. Hmm. Yeah. Gross. Um, Subjective. Yes. Sure. Yes. Those answers subjective. Maybe it was just, you know, maybe it was just random ghosts. Doesn't mean it was Ed Gein. Um, Right. And Cindy Kaza said that she felt like because she was a woman, she felt like she was being targeted by both Gein and his mother. So 
There was a paranormal investigator who had gone with her team to the jail where Ed Gein had been taken when he was first arrested. It's a museum now. But she claims that she was physically assaulted there by a spirit um, in the form of a burning sensation across the back of her neck that was visible. So, like, she felt it and they were like, let's check it out. And they, like, and you could see this, like, red, like, burn mark across the back of her neck. Um, She believes that he attached himself to her ever since that moment. She believes it was Ed Gein and that he attached himself to her ever since that moment. She also captured EVPs of Ed and Edward when asking who is here. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's interesting. Um, So the land Mm. that the house used to stand on is just full of hella creeps. Dark energy all over the place. The intense feeling of being watched, followed, and seriously unwanted is everywhere. Um, In tapping into the emotion on the land... No, thank you. uh, Sinikaza got that feeling that his mother was so controlling that he never had a thought or a voice of his own. And it kind of makes sense. You often hear about these religious mother figures sometimes both parents but typically mothers that are so desperate to guide their sons primarily historically into a life of piety and you know um right it 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 makes sense to me that like well and he was mentally ill so and obviously he was that's like there was a break yeah, and you know, but sure. he was schizophrenic, so I mean, he was. It's it's interesting because I wonder if it was nature it's versus a physical, nurture. yeah, you know, yeah, thing going sure. on. So in his brain, so it's not just like the fact that, you know, he was, like what we would say, like kind of fucked up in the head, like a serial killer style, but right, right, he yeah, was also, like clinically, medically, or you know, mentally ill, diagnosably so combine the two with his yeah. crazy mother right and then all the shit that she put in his head and then yeah. she dies and he gets he's like all of a sudden like porn from the sky and nazi stuff and all this kind of crazy shit <laughs> all this like, nuts bullshit yeah not me. <laughs> but yet i miss her i want her i need her so much yeah yeah so her. Uh, uh, mm, yeah I, I i gotta be real honest as a side note um the moments when I think I'm a bad mother and every mother does feel that way at some point. Um, God, I really fucked this true, up. True. I didn't, I made this bad decision. <laughs> I, you know, right. every mother feels that way. Uh, we just need to think about Augusta Gain. And then we're like, oh my God, <laughs> I am the best. It, <laughs> I'm going to pat myself on the back right now. I know. I mean, like she wanted to be influential, but I don't think in this way, but right. Cindy Kaza, in visiting this land that the farmhouse was on, she got the feeling that she was and still is the true evil that sort of created this whole thing. Um, She actually says she felt sad for Ed Gein and that he wasn't born this way. And how many stories have we heard about that where there's this, like, overbearing, crazy mother? Parents... 
have a lot of influence over children, especially like from the day that the minute they're born, parents have a lot of influence and over children and can shape a tiny young life. We could get into a whole bunch of nature versus nurture, but nurture is a thing. Um, and this woman was just a little, you know, batshit crazy. And are we surprised that Ed Gein became schizophrenic? I don't think so. Um, well, and she probably had mental illness herself, mm-hmm. you know, probably. Um, and then, I mean, the isolation that she kept the boys in the, yeah. Oh, they didn't have electricity in that house either. Mm-mm. Ever. 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 So there was no, you know, outside influence at all. Like not, yeah. you know, not plus it was a small town in Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. It wasn't fucking New York City, you know. Um, Yeah, it was. It there was a there was a lot of environmental fact. There was a lot. There were there were a lot of factors. Um, Right. So at the jail that he was held in, there was high malmeter readings that occurred there. Um, a malmeter is very similar to an EMF detector. Uh, it reads a, a, a bunch of different stuff, temperature and, and things like that. So that's what a malmeter is. Um, so she did another automatic writing session and it produced the following. Quote, he wanders the fields in search of her body. He will not leave this field or town until she is with him. Uh, There were 12 that died. He took the 11th to the barn. Nope. Um, (laughs) Those were the worst. Some of them were kind of benign where I was like, okay, well, you know, whatever. That's just whatever it is. Those were the creepiest. He took the 11th to the Well, moment. there was speculation about him um, having killed other people um, that had disappeared over the years. Um, yeah. But they could never connect him. Right. Prove it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows? There were 12 that died. He took the 11th to the barn. Mm-hmm. Don't love it. Um, so through another, um, it was kind of like an an SB session, they captured, um, they, the word Gein came in when asked what the spirit's name was. Um, when asked why he killed Bernice Warden, they got Ed does it and mom. Hmm. Uh, they also captured stay out in demon. And that was on the property, like out in the, on the land like outside like it's very difficult to investigate a location outside especially near a road granted a small town whatever but there's wind there's animals there's you know there's going to be cars driving by so but they clearly captured stay out and demon um which i was really impressed by i mean that could have been henry (laughs) like get the fuck out of here (laughs) a thousand percent um Speaking of, they also went to the Plainfield Cemetery where Gein, his mother, and brother are buried. Which I was like, bad idea. Don't go there. Um, (laughs) But all right. Uh, Locals claim to see a female apparition there. 
They see shadows where shadows shouldn't be, and they hear screaming and wailing. Most locals believe that the cemetery is a haunted area. Yeah, I agree. I'm sorry. I think it is, too. <laughs> um, Gein's grave is unmarked. You can see where his headstone was, but it was finally removed when people would, like, hack chunks off of it. Um, and they would also take dirt from his grave to perform occult practices. So um, it is unmarked. It didn't used to be, but they did remove the headstone because people would just come and kind of chip away chunks of the headstone and then take... Was it... Wasn't it stolen too? I heard that, but I couldn't verify it one way or another. Um, I don't know. It didn't say the the local that went with yeah. them on the show was just like, yeah, it it was removed because people were were stealing pieces of it. Well, so, yeah, maybe that's what. Yeah. So the, I, there was like one article that had said that, but I couldn't find another one to corroborate. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. well. So um, others did occult practices with it. You know the jar of graveyard dirt Mm -hmm. or whatever um with it and um also on the grave so um that is the hauntings of (laughs) ed gein's farmhouse the hardware store and his crazy cauldron um i don't actually think that it's too far of a stretch that any one of these three places things or locations would wouldn't be haunted of all right. of all things, um, particularly the hardware store, I think. Um, yeah, because he shot yeah. her there. He yeah. killed her there. He shot her and killed her mm-hmm. there. Um, Mike, I have so many questions about that, though. Like, how did he drag out her body and the fucking cash register? Because back in 1958, like, <laughs> that was you a heavy... Carry everything at once, Carrie. But you know he wanted to be quick. I'm so wow. She knows a little too much. He was in the hardware store. Maybe he used a um, wheelbarrow. I mean, he had tools at his disposal. So many tools. Um. Anyway, that is uh. Yeah. (laughs) Ed. And those are my tips. (laughs) Those are out of a hardware store. You're welcome. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Those are Laura's tips. Uh, and not necessarily those of me or History of a Haunting podcast. Don't sue. Um, <laughs> Quit trying to distance yourself from me. <laughs> We're tied. We're like uh, this. I mean, literally, you will only get about 50 bucks. So <laughs> whatever. Um, anyway, guys, that is the story of Ed Gein and all of the crazy shit that is now haunted by him. Um, what do you think, Laura, about the hauntings? Miss Skeptic? Um, I think they're interesting. I do believe that it, it would be impossible to go to that farmhouse, oh, yeah. even though, I mean, whatever the land that it's on, and not have that power suggesting hangover you so intensely because yes. there are crime scene photos. There are mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that you can see that is very oh, yeah. intense yeah. Um, regarding what he did and what he did to people and their body parts. So... Um, there are vulvas. Say it. Know. Just say it. Vulva. Yeah. Drapery cords. Like, yeah. Like, you know, there's a lot there, right, to unpack. So I can't imagine that you would be able to go there and not feel 
hella creeped. overwhelmed just yeah. because, just knowing what's what had happened there. what had happened there so yeah that is kind of you know neither here nor there like you know it felt dark well no fucking shit <laughs> like, i can't imagine it was i was like, really hey, creeped out being here yeah <laughs> yeah that's true it's beautiful um what about the cauldron you what's know, your take on that interesting no um again you know what it was used for so i mean but it sat in this guy's house but the last thing it was used for was for a, a beautiful planter with flowers like i don't think i love that somebody's grandma was like you know what this will do this is gonna be a nice planter <laughs> a grandma that was fucking like, there during the day like when right? that was happening She's yeah like, Mm-mm. You know what this needs? Pansies. <laughs> it needs <Right>. pansies. <laughs> oh my god! Cultured up. I right. I need to get rid of my pansies now because now I'm going to be like those are Ed Gein pansies. <laughs> my god! Thank God I didn't say petunias. Um, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> right, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so grandma just like was like, hey, that'll make a lovely planter. Yeah. a nice addition to my garden and then right? like yeah. you know it yeah. gets found out later like you know what the fuck that is like you know it's like the stories of grandma's dried like, blood of grandma's like, using bongs and stuff like as as bases i'm sorry i don't know any grandmas that would fucking do that but you and that's a that's an off-air conversation it's like a base or whatever you've never seen these all right Mm-mm. there's like pictures on the internet it's funny anyway Sure, pictures yes. on the internet. So, You're like, okay, mm-hmm. listen, my grandma found my bong. And <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a bong. Um anymore. I mean not since I was like eight <laughs> <laughs> in this house. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh yeah, that's an awkward way to end this show. It sure is. All right. I, I sure love is. it. I love it. Let's just stick with that fucking theme. It is. I mean, a, let's kind do of it. A doozy trying to get this episode recorded. It's been a little off the wall. So a little bit off the rails with yeah. peril. I mean, why not? Um, it so was a it good one. Like it's Ed Gein. There was so much to <laughs> fucking talk shit about. So I'm not even sorry. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. And again, yeah, I love Ed Gein. Not you know in the weird way that it's just so fucked up and fascinating. I hurt you, Ed Gein. I hurt you. <laughs> You know what the end of this you story have me at needs. Nipple belt. Right. <laughs> oh my god, lesbians are so weird. <laughs> you know what this episode needs? Pansies. Um mm-hmm. yeah. This episode is brought to you by Pansies. Uh anyway, guys, hope you enjoyed it. Ed Gein, his hauntings. Uh Super gross. Uh, if you want more disturbing true crime stories, come on over to Patreon. And um, Laura, I love you so much. You and I can talk shit about <laughs> literally anything. Uh, <laughs> each other, the topic, it doesn't fucking matter. Um, so to that end, we want to tell you guys, always stay safe out there. You never know when Ed Gein or... <laughs> His mother. <laughs> are listening. Or whomever. Or whomever are listening. <laughs> you never know when Ed Keener his mother are listening. Oh my god. Alright. <laughs> Alright. <clears throat> Bye guys. We love you. Bye. <laughs>